Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step to 53342. New York, call the 24-7 Hope Line at 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Man, only one episode remains. No. They turned this into a little two-parter with the Tuscan wedding. It looks like they're going back to Como, Lake Como, in the next one to close the deal with Lucas. They either close it or not close it. Lake Como is the one that George Clooney has the house at, right? Yep. This is just me speculating, but I'm pretty sure the house that they shoot Lucas Matson in is the same house where James Bond goes to recover from getting his nuts crushed in Casino Royale. Oh, nice. By Mads Mikkelsen. But I'm not sure. But they look very similar. Nando, you are correct, sir. Was I? Quite an eye you have. Yeah. Wow. It's nearby. Oh my God, really? I mean, it looks really similar. There's the Grand Hotel Tremezzo, and then there's... The Villa del Balbianello. You nailed it, dude. Balbianello. <laughs> Balbianello. If you love me, please don't judge me. Got my hands tied, the power's above me. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just a puppet here. If you want to place blame, then look to the puppeteer. Family, fortune, envy, jealousy, privilege, passed on, legacy, secret, sabotage, borderline. Welcome to another episode of Machiavellian Fucks, our succession Roy cast that turns black bile into silver dollars. I'm Jason Madison, alongside Nando Vila. 
who had a bit of bad luck with his salmon smoking business and lost his place in Pimlico. <laughs> and Anthony Mays, who's always trying to give his share price a pop by tweeting non-verifiable information outside of normal disclosure channels. Oh, you just noticed, yeah. did you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny because I was watching this on Sunday night with uh, friends of mine. And one of them, she, her father is like a big salmon guy. He's big in the salmon business. He's like the salmon <laughs> king of, of South America or something. And uh, <laughs> as soon as that line came, we all just like, went like ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> there, yeah. there was a connection there. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. 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 Um. I want to start this episode by talking about uh, obvious slash non-obvious thing. Um, Kieran Culkin, Roman Roy, uh, he's been phenomenal. We Everybody gives props to Jeremy Strong. This was his episode. This has kind of been his season. We always talked about who wins the weeks. Like, yes, he kind of fucked up at, at the end, but man, like... He's been bringing it. And that scene with him and Madsen that, you know, I kind of referenced early on was really great. Uh, Acting, writing, you know, everything. And obviously the the scenes at the end are are their own discussion. But I just wanted to kind of talk about Kieran Culkin for a quick second because um, I've liked him a lot since Igby Goes Down. Uh, You know, I, I saw that movie when I was younger and it was kind of in my formative stages of deciding to become a filmmaker and really kind of understanding people's careers and trajectories and stuff like that. And, you know, it was a, it was a big role for him, you know, coming out of his brother's shadow. And that was kind of something that I wanted to discuss, you know, in terms of like HBO shows. And I don't know what the exact film term is for it, but basically of casting somebody as a character who's close to who they are in real life, you know, and they did, they did that in Entourage with pretty much all of the characters, right? E is... Um, <laughs> <laughs> e, e that is, was not where I was expecting you to go with that comparison. Yeah, but, it's but true, you're right. right. Yeah. Well, they cast people that can't really act. And then they but, cast yeah, Jeremy but, but, Piven, who's excellent at just going off and berating people. So, yeah, they did a yeah. great job with the casting there. Yeah, Jer- and Jeremy Piven has played that role of Ari in multiple other things. He played that role in uh, the movie The Player, uh, Robert Altman's uh, 90s film about, um, you know, Hollywood agents. Tim Robbins stars in it. Uh, so, you know, E is real life Leonardo DiCaprio's best friend. Um, uh, who is it? Kevin Dillon is uh, Matt Dillon's brother, you know, his other less famous brother. Um you know, Jerry Ferrara is, is, an, is an actor in his own right. So he's kind of not in the same conversation. And obviously Adrian Grenier is a bit of like Vince. He never broke out to be that big, but, you know, it was just like a pretty boy actor. And, you know, they cast him in the role. The face. But, yeah. And so Kieran Culkin, you know, plays Roman Roy, who is in the shadow of Kendall Roy, his older brother, you know, for most of the show. And Kieran Culkin has to have, some you know identification with this having grown up in the hugest shadow of Macaulay Culkin who was the biggest child actor probably of all time you know what I'm yeah. saying and then finally 30 years later which he makes mention of when he recently hosted SNL you know getting to be a star in his own right in this show so to see him make that jump you know obviously over Kendall in this episode you know most triumphantly in the boardroom scene towards the end and I think he does something that we've never actually seen Kendall do, which is uh, make a deal, <laughs> you know, a good one. Like we've seen Kendall get fucked over with, by Lawrence and the Walter deal in episode one. And then, you know, the dichotomy of that and what Roman did talking to Madison on his, you know, island at his estate or whatever, then really giving him the corporate talk and the, the macho talk and going back and forth with him and then doing the same thing with his dad in that boardroom and really, you know, showing his dad that he knows what what he can do and you know all of that i just wanted to make sure that i gave uh kieran culkin his flowers as a person as an actor and, and his transformation in the roman roy character obviously it all falls down 10 seconds later but um yeah well it's interesting because in that big jeremy strong profile in the new yorker that came out that everyone was talking about uh he originally asked to play roman when he first read the script for succession, he said that he thought that he could 
he could be great as Roman. And yeah. I'm just trying to imagine Jeremy Strong as Roman. And that's a very different show than, than with Kieran Culkin as Roman, like Kieran Culkin. I mean, I'm sure Jeremy Strong could maybe pull it off and he would just do his own, like he would, he would make the character his own in some way because he's a great actor. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the really, the, the trajectory of the show has been Kendall and Roman at, um, at, at cross paths, right. That Kendall was the guy in the company. He was involved. He, you know, he, he commanded some modicum of respect from the, you know, the rest of the brass at the company because he's there and he kind of had paid his dues and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, your Franks and your Jerry's of the world were like fine with Kendall. Um, because, uh, you know, he cosplayed well as a high level executive, whereas Roman was an absolute joke. No one took him seriously. Um, he was like a liability in, in everything he did, whether he blew up the satellite or whether they gave him, you know, the studio over in LA kind of to send him away. Um, but the the trajectory of uh, of both those characters has been across paths, and that Roman has been move, inching closer and closer and closer to Logan Roy, um, whereas Kendall has been moving farther and farther away. And you know, this is it's not dissimilar to what happened with the Murdochs, of which this show is kind of loosely based. Um, James Murdoch is similar to Kendall in that he's polished, he's like liberal. Um, he Ties was the guy who paid his real tight. Ties his shoelaces real tight. He um, he was involved. He was around. And Lachlan uh, Murdoch um, was kind of the firebrand and was not taken as seriously as James. Certainly not by the wider world. But James understood Rupert Rupert better than James. Uh, sorry, Lachlan understood Rupert better than James did. Um, and the trajectory of both those guys in real life has been James drifting farther away from the News Corp empire, whereas Lachlan and Rupert are closer than ever, um, especially around the issue of, you know, being a right-wing maniac. Um, that's really the thing that separated them. And that's partly what, um, you know, the, what separated Kendall as full of shit as he is. He still has that liberal desire to be seen as a good guy. Um Whereas uh, Roman and Logan don't give a shit, and that was that was the the crux of their conversation, their pivotal conversation, um, when Logan thought Kendall was trying to poison him. <laughs> uh, Back yeah. to Kieran Culkin, real quick. So mm -hmm. Kieran coming out of Macaulay's shadow. A couple other instances I can think of are Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. Yeah, popping the, out after the, the Olsen Witch. twins. Yeah. No, she's no. had an amazing acting career, way better than her older sisters, although she's still not as famous. Right. And then Elle Fanning mm. is winning the long game against Dakota, Dakota. Fanning, yeah, who had an incredible start. Yeah. But something about being famous when you're super young fucks you up. We all know that. So it's not that surprising that the younger sibling who got to learn a little bit of the tools of the trade and maybe their parents learned some things not to do. They become the more polished, successful actors later on in their careers. But Roman's evolution has been fascinating. It's been one of the better parts of this season for sure. I'm with you, Jason. Mm -hmm. And then he loaded the bases and gave up a grand slam in the, in the ninth <laughs> inning. Like he blew yeah. it. But I mean, to a certain extent, I don't really know how much he blew it. You know, watching the episode back, um, you know, one of the things I really appreciated was just the lighting and the uh, in the episode and the different moods, uh, and the, you know, the darkness of the dinner with uh, with Kendall and um, Logan, and then the lightness uh, that is in the whole boardroom scene. And even when they go into the other room um, and they have that private conversation, it's very light. And as much as they talk, you know, kind of banter back and forth, Logan is kind of on his side. You know, he was not really upset. Like he was kind of more upset at Shiv for going on about it. You know, he, he wanted to know the details. And after that, when she kept joining on, he was like, all right, get the fuck out of here. Like, well, he <laughs> saw her trying to advance her own position. Right. But, but and part he of his, that out, but part of his position, even in conversation with Roman is like, yo, bro, this just looks weird. Like, don't be doing no weird shit, you know? And it wasn't on no, like you're out of the company or fuck you. Like, no, but it reduced the, 
it presentation the, that he's been giving no, yeah, off of, of course, like, very cut, competent and savvy. It's it's a weakness. It's a problem. But he also said, "Are you a sicko?" But he also mm-hmm, said mm-hmm. at the beginning, "It's when he was talking to Shiv. This is just Roman being Roman, right?" You know, so he boys knows. Boys. His, yeah, but yeah, he, he was more he was weird. more weirded out by the fact that he had a thing for 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 Jerry, Jerry right? yeah. and the dick pic itself. <laughs> yeah, you know, like the, the dick pic he could see. That's why he was like, "What is this? Like a fuck you?" Like if you yeah. if Roman would have been like, "Yeah, it's like a fuck yeah. you to Jerry," you know, yeah. he would have been like, "Oh, that's that's cool." Or not, yeah. I mean, it's not cool, but like I guess it's like <laughs> that's fine. You're not what yeah. really grossed him out. What really grossed him out is that he would have a thing for this older woman. Yeah, um, that was like she's a million years old. She's yeah. that's disgusting, he says, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, which is funny because Jerry's probably younger than him. Um, <laughs> yeah, and he's yeah. banging Carrie, who's younger than, but that's well, why, yeah. though, right? That's in his worldview, yeah. that's normal, that's yeah. that's 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 good, that's what yeah. you're supposed to do. Um, you're not supposed to go the opposite direction, that's right. insane. Um, and that's really what I think weirds him out about the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but I think I think Roman is still like in the catbird seat as far as the company is concerned. Like, I think the Gojo deal is probably going to go through or have some well, sort of positive uh, impact. Uh, I don't know. I think it'll have a, po- well, I think, I have a positive I think that what impact. they're setting up, well, I think what there might be setting up is that Roman feels to invest. Like one of the mistakes that the kids do is they get too invested in these deals, right? right? They wrap their personal identity into these deals. They can't see them objectively, right? Logan, um, is like fine walking away from deals, you know, like, at the slightest uh, hiccup. And I wouldn't be that surprised if now that Roman's kind of bubble is slightly punctured uh, in Logan's mind, and now he's, his head is like not as kind of high on Roman as he was, and then they go to uh, Lake Cuomo next episode and talk to Lucas Matson, and uh, he senses that Roman is a little too advocating for Lucas's interests in order to get the deal done rather than to make the best deal for Waystar. Um, I can see, I can foresee a problem there. Okay. I, I agree with that. And, you know, we've seen bubbles get burst pretty quickly uh, throughout this season and series. So um, I don't want to get too wrapped up in, in Logan's, I mean, uh, Roman's win as, as he is, but um, part of, I guess my perspective is obviously uh, Ken is looking terrible, but Shiv just, I mean, she seems so out of it and like she has no chance. So that's well, kind of why. She's made her move though. I mean, that she's, she's finally made her move. She's done the ruthless thing. I mean, that was the, the conversation that she had with Jerry is that she sensed blood in the water. And for the first time in the show, she stuck the knife in, mm. you know, um, and so she's made her move and she's made an aggressive move and that tends to be rewarded on succession. Right. Um, aggressive, bold moves like that tend to be rewarded. And the, the confrontation between Shiv and Jerry, um, I found to be just a genius piece of writing and a genius piece of storytelling in that it is, um, it is Shiv finally going over to the dark side by using Me Too to destroy a fellow woman in the workplace. Yep. She is using the sort of feminist cred, liberal, you know, anti-sexist me too moment against a fellow woman by yeah, like she, boomeranging it back towards she's gaslighting her. Like, her. It, she's, she's gaslighting she's, the fuck out of her. She's trapping her yeah. in me too. It's like, it's yeah. genius. Like yeah. it is, it is the, the, it is the dark underbelly of, of me too. She's using this kind of nominal thing to help women to destroy, uh, to destroy this woman. Yeah, um, that's the scariest and, version of Shiv by yeah. far is when she's got that kind of cheery, manipulative, seductive tone. And she's, yeah. she's broken it out when she had to get that witness last season. When the moment for intimacy arrives, you need to be ready. Roman ready. You can't be fiddling around with your thing down there talking about, hold up. It just never usually happens to me. Whether you've been in a relationship for years or you're just getting started, having the confidence that comes from preparation means you're free to enjoy the moment when the moment comes so that you can as well. Even though you are far from ordinary, the truth is ED is really common. In fact, 52% of guys age 40 to 70 experience some form of erectile dysfunction. 
Go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M right now to speak to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional about erectile dysfunction and get $15 off your first month of treatment. As I said, this is very common. 52% of men between the ages of 40 and 70 will experience it. ED treatment can help you reconnect with your partner and rediscover the joy of sex. Roman system is completely confidential, totally discreet. There are no logos or labels on the packages. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, convenient, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Don't go to some weird waiting room looking at these other guys that have God knows what kind of issues going on with them. Having people judge you. Don't do that, man. Just go online. Complete your online visit today. Connect with a U.S. licensed healthcare professional. Take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M today. And if you're prescribed, get $15 off your first month of ED treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this fall. Make sure you're Roman ready. You know what? Your partner will thank you. Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher-turned-podcast producer. And I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum-sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high-quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's really terrifying, but it was kickstarted by the reverse psychology from the mom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The mom fucked her up when she told her that uh, she said, I'll have the carbonara and daddy. That was really when Shiv was like, oh, and she told her that she was 13 because, you know, that's the thing that people do. People love to lie about how old they were when something happened or, oh, I don't really remember or whatever. And she's like, the mom might have been sincere. In that point. Exactly. You I know? thought it was just, it was questioning Shiv's memory. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Idea of herself. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, sh- but Shiv knew, like Shiv was bullshitting her saying, oh, I was only 10. She's like, no, bitch, you were 13 years old. You knew what the fuck and you were doing. And it fucking hurt. And I remember because <laughs> yeah. I was an adult and you yeah. were a teenager who just said whatever the fuck they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And she was yeah. like, basically, you're still that way. Like, you still just say what the fuck you want. And if shit goes south, then you'll find another way to manipulate to get what you want. Like. But- but that's what got Shiv out of the bed because in the beginning of the episode, you know, she phones it in literally. She's right. really down in the dumps. And this 
confrontation with her mom gave her the juice that she needed. She's like, I'm going to fight now. I'm, I'm going for it. I don't and care how long it takes. I'm going to fucking crush everybody. Well, I think, think the exact words, I think the exact words that the mom says were, uh, you were 13 and you knew how to twist the knife, yep. Yep. which is what Shiv did in later in the episode. Mm-hmm. She displayed yeah. her ability to shift the knife. She finally just, you know, unmasked her true self, which is, you know, which has been masked by this kind of liberal self-conception of herself. Um, And, uh, and she finally has been masked off. She was kind of, I mean, she was, she started going mask off with, with, in that fucking insane sex scene with Tom. Yeah. Um, Because who does does she abuse when she, when she feels like somebody has wronged her, she goes right to Tom to flog him, (laughs) let him know who's boss. And yeah, yeah, he was like, what? (laughs) Like he didn't know what to do. Yeah. He still managed to have sex with her, which I find amazing to be emasculated well, like a, that. He's got a dick like a red sequoia and he fucks like a fucking bullet train, dude. Not, you know, he, I mean, yeah. When you're, when you got red that sequoia kind of machinery. Got a red sequoia, all right? Yeah. Yeah. When you got that kind of machinery, love is secondary. You know, you can yeah. turn it on whenever you want. Uh, yeah. That's how yeah. Tom got pinky, dude. Mm. <laughs> right but yeah that that line that she gives him uh when they're having the dirty talk she says you're not good enough for me i'm way out of your fucking league but that's why you want i don't me. love you yeah. i don't love you <laughs> that's why you love me it was just like brutal i was like damn tom is gonna take that but that's you know that's what tom tom does man and then obviously well, you know I, I, he tries to the, he tries to get some clarity the next the morning after and when she hits him with the what happens in sex vegas <laughs> right sorry. well and it's also it's it's hilarious because you know that if tom were to hit her back with the equivalent level of acidity in his quote-unquote dirty talk if he was like you think that you're like this champion of feminism and you know liberal do-gooder but you're actually a fucking monster yeah. um and a mediocrity and um you know you're you desperately want to be CEO of this evil company uh, because of like your weird kind of daddy issues. She'd be like, what the fuck are you talking? Like, what the fuck right. are you saying? Right. And like, kick him out. <laughs> like, of right. course you would. Yeah. Like she is very much a, you can dish it out, but you can't take it. Well, she couldn't take it from Tom. I think her other uh, lovers, she might've been more comfortable with having, you know, them go at her like the, uh, her journalism the Bernie buddy. bro yeah the Bernie bro or the actor yeah. that she she randomly found um but yeah not from Tom Tom is you know he's I don't her think Tom dog. even wants to say those things though. no like, he doesn't he problem. doesn't like that yeah, yeah, he, yeah he has a for all his like um you know for all his corporate savvy and his bullying of Greg and blah 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 like Tom at the at the at his inner core is like a a softy romantic you know yeah. like he yeah. he still believes in that shit um and and that's what he wants and he doesn't like this kind of transactional relationship um this kind of purely uh you know realpolitik uh relationship he he wants like he wants something more and that's painfully sincere in the context of of succession but uh but you know it's who he is yeah poor tom um and also poor Baby willa popsicles poor yeah. willa she got proposed to at eh, Car- it's not the worst thing that can happen <laughs> at Caroline's wedding, um, but it's so funny because it's like, what part of her doesn't want to get married to Connor? You know, she's there already. Uh, do you not want the money? Because what I don't, I don't understand the the hesitancy in her mind. You know, at this well, point, it seemed like she thought for a second that he was dumping her. Yeah, 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 definitely. She tried to backpedal to no, we can just drop this whole so public facing thing, and <laughs> I can have my apartment, and you can go back to part time. Yeah, right. And th- she would have been much happier with that. That's what she wants. Mm-hmm. But instead, somebody else told him to marry her, so he told her that, and that's of course the most romantic way to propose is say somebody else had an idea. Don't you want to make me a the most happy bulletproof candidate in the world? 
Yeah. Also, like, I'm not like a political operative, but I don't quite get the logic of that because like he was talking about like some reporter was sniffing her around um, and like asking about her last name and her occupation, whatever. And he's like, I don't understand how marrying this chick is going to stop that. Like, it Wait, doesn't make Nando, any difference. If you get married, they can still ask the same questions. They can ask the questions, man. They can ask the questions and they can figure out what you did. Right. But <laughs> you I know? thought you couldn't arrest a, a husband and wife for the same crime. <laughs> you can not do that, but you can certainly publish things in the New York Times. <laughs> about I, I think them. he might be looking at it from a, a Trumpian perspective. And, you know, like Trump's wife is a bit of a mail order bride or however you want to look whoa, at it. Whoa, whoa, Melania? <laughs> you know. Um, so I I think it might be kind of through that lens. I'm not sure, you know, politically what the his motivation behind marrying her will like you said, will change the argument or the 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 news cycle regarding that. Uh, maybe you can't he feels like, you know, it's my wife. You can't talk about my wife like that. I don't know, but uh, it was just, it's always funny to see Connor do Connor things. Um, uh, the beginning when they walk in and, uh, she asked him if he's met a Pope <laughs> and, and Full he, said, fat pope. <laughs> he said he was very <laughs> religious. Uh, that was pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we've, we've skirted around it for long enough. Um, you know, the, the episode asked the big question, uh, is Kendall Roy in fact dead? Um, Man. Yeah. Um, when I first watched it, I was like, no fucking way. And then the New York, then the New Yorker profile came out, uh, of, of Jeremy Strong. Um, and I kind of could talk myself into it, but it, it still feels a little incomplete and it still feels, a little unearned in some ways, although it would be, it would be one of the more shocking things. Also like, I mean, it, I, how would he like, did he take a bunch of pills? Like, like, was that seated at all? Like the pills, like that's how he would do it. Right. Cause he was speaking yeah. to his son like three seconds before. Right. Um, I mean, barely speaking, but like, um, you know, what, what would it, what would it be? And that the fact that like the pills were never like, you know, Kafka's gun, so to speak, were right. never seated. Um, it would feel slightly unearned and, and maybe just like, but I don't know. I could also talk myself into, um, into that being the logical endpoint of, of Kendall's arc. Um, that being said, like the, the, the engine of, of succession, the dramatic engine, like everything else is, uh, beside the battle between Logan and Kendall. Um, and to just remove that engine from the show and you have to like find something new for next season. Cause they're doing a whole nother season. Um, seems crazy. I don't know, but maybe yeah. they do it. Maybe they pull it off. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think, I think it can go both ways as well. At first I was very, you know, tough on the Kendall, you know, that was it. This is a HBO game of Thrones, you know, this is what they do type of thing. Um, you know, obviously him being in the pool, you know, you can read that a lot of ways with, uh, the kid dying at the end of, you know, the other season. Um, and then him starting season two in the spa. So he's kind of, you know, he's got this interesting relationship with water at the beginning of this season, he's in the tub with his clothes on. So, Again, like it was kind of easy for me to walk down that road. Um, you know, he mentions Bojack a few times this season. Uh, there's the David Hockney painting that's in Bojack Horseman. Um, the portrait of an artist, the pool with two figures. And basically, you know, it mirrors kind of Kendall's position as one of the figures. Um, and, you know, Bojack also dies in his show, spoiler alert. Um, you know, and, and, you know, Thanks, Jason. <laughs> yeah. so, you know, one of the things, you know, he's out, Bojack also deals with substance abuse. He's a man child. He has a lot of Kendall Roy isms. So I wouldn't be surprised if this, yeah. you know, wasn't the out, but I'm now leaning, you know, more towards Nando's side where, you know, I'm looking for clips in the trailer and it looks like he's sitting there and, you know, maybe a fake out. But yeah, it doesn't feel totally earned. And I feel like, what would they replace it with? You know, yeah. more Greg and Roman? Like, I don't know if that's necess necessarily the show I want to watch or the show that I've fallen in love with. So 
you know, I'm going to venture a guess and say that he's not dead, but I don't really know where that leaves him. You know, even if it comes to, oh, he fell asleep in the pool, he's in the hospital or something like that. He had a fucking heart attack, a stroke, who knows? But it's like, at this point, he has to kind of have a 180. If he's, if it's not dead, he has to come back and not be catatonic. He has to be uh, self-aware, present, and kind of on the trajectory of where his character started the show off with, um, you know, some somewhere in a boardroom, you know, holding shit down. Uh, if he just sells the his share in the company by manipulating his dad to feel sorry for him, I don't really see that making sense. So. We'll see. We'll see. But I don't believe that he's dead either. Um, it's but- fascinating to me that that is what people are saying. It didn't yeah. read that way to me at all. That he was I'm dead? Not, not at all. Not, yeah, it, he's yeah. breathing. He's drunk. He's in a pool. He's been in the sun but for his too whole, long. His whole face is in underwater. Is the thing. Yeah. But and he's, he's not- breathing. So well, air's coming out. If you're gonna, you can't breathe underwater. Kill you can't breathe underwater. I'm not a scientist. Uh, <laughs> But uh, one cannot breathe underwater. I mean, the fact that that's what I'm saying. He's not completely submerged because he's breathing. But the point is, well, he could blow out. He could blow out the whatever air he had in from because, like, I guess, like he he says he says goodbye to his son, and then it cuts, and his head is now in the water, like, and he's more limp. So, like, like you know, that means he either passed out or he fell asleep. You know, if you fall asleep and you and your face gets submerged, you wake up. Like, so it would have to be a substance induced. Like sure, beyond yeah. falling asleep, and you, um, in which case, like air could come out of like whatever he had, you know, breathing when he was above uh, the water. Um, so, like those are the bubbles that are coming out. I did feel like I feel I did feel like he jerked a little, like right before it cut to you know, directed by whomever uh, or executive producer Dara Schnapper or whatever. I felt, I felt I saw like a slight jerk, um, but I think they are trying to make you think that he might be dead by the way he, the way he's limp and the way that his whole face oh, 100%. is underwater. Yeah, a hundred percent. They're trying to make you think he's dead. I mean, if you look at all the previews for the next episode, the the emotions, yeah, the fact that wrote, he's not present, like that's that that is intentional. Without they drop the profile and it talks about how he's so different from everyone on set, and he just has his own thing. <laughs> Wait, and yeah. He comes off like kind an of absolute maniac. Like he comes yeah. off like a maniac in the profile. <laughs> when yeah. has being a maniac ever been bad for your acting career? Except if you're Jared Leto. All right, like. <laughs> Other than him, everybody else has made it great. So I'm I mean, all Jared Leto has, has an Oscar. Jared, yeah. and, and he was just pretty good in House of Gucci. I, I saw him. He was He's pretty unrecognized. a terrible actor. They gave him a trophy. So I guess it was good for his career. But he <laughs> does shit like send people in Suicide Squad pig hearts as gifts every day for a month and it's yeah, that's, the, that's the difference is that far. those guys those guys were all stars and jeremy strong is very much not a star like he was like pulling this stuff when he was like a very unknown actor um you know before succession no one knew who he was like really um he was not famous at all and he was still doing like that <laughs> he was still doing that kind of thing um, but, but the uh, thing too about jeremy strong is that as much of a quote-unquote method actor or what i mean he doesn't refer to himself he didn't as a like that one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but it, as somebody who is so into his craft, like he's, I mean, yeah, he's good in the show, but he's kind of, it's like a Jeremy Piven. You're kind of playing close to who you are. And like, to that point in Molly's game, if you guys have seen that movie, he plays a very similar character to Kendall. Like he's just a broke version. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen Molly's game, but he, he's, I mean, he's <laughs> in trial of Chicago seven and he's pretty different in that, but yeah. I see what you're saying in terms of the character of Kendall. The real reason that it didn't read as this is the end for him is because that's the fucking easy way out, dude. Like this dude doesn't get easy roads. The whole scene with his dad is him finally giving up. He finally gives up. He's been fighting this entire time. We thought that he was giving up at the end of last season, but then he pulled the chair and he did the press conference and he had a short burst of fire that, quickly went out this year but what this show does is it does not let people get the easy way out tom and shiv are still together their relationship has been broken since the very first time we saw them we don't see them ever have hope kendall hasn't really had hope at all yeah killing him off is mercy 
Right. He gave up. We want to watch him suffer, and that's what he'll continue right. to do in season four. He gave up, but he still had to. He still had to make the final point that he it was because he well, was that, a good person, that was, that and switched. Logan was a. That's what switched because Logan at one point. No, it was Kendall at one point that. says. But what Kendall at one point says like you won. He's yeah, because like, you can do things that I can't, and Logan's like. Like basically, like you're you're fucking right, <laughs> you know. I yeah. and you know, like and that's like that's that's total surrender. But then he goes because the world is corrupt and you're corrupt and you're a bad person. You know, like you can do all these things, and I'm not a bad person. And I can't do all these things because I'm a good person. Basically, is the gist of it. And that's when Logan's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, he no, starts no, no, he yeah. starts sliding, but at at first he's like, let me out, you know, and yeah. and then it. Logan says it was a joke essentially when he offered it to him. And he's got him right back where he wants him, you know, like a well-trained dog. I was like, maybe I you can work, maybe you can work in the mailroom or something. What does he yeah. say? Keep you rattling around. Oh my god! And I and I think what, I think what it is is that Logan wants Kendall to come to the realization that he's not a good person, and he keeps backing off from that. And yeah. L- Logan keeps showing it to him, like, like when he breaks down the shit with the kid, and he's like, "Hey, are you a queer?" And it's like really gets under his skin, but he's like telling him like, bro, you've done fucked up shit. Like, you know, whether yeah. it was you were high or whatever, like you're not, you know, an angel, but Logan is never going to, like a dad, he's never going to tell you well, that straight up. you got up. someone killed and you let me clean it up. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. You never came clean about that. You never yeah. faced justice for that in any yeah. meaningful way. Right. Like that is worse than, you know, I mean, it's probably worse than anything Logan's ever done in his life. Right. Know? And it's like, even the vulture shit, like, you fucking conned those people into not unionizing and broke that company up and blamed it on your dad, but you wanted the company in the first place and you knew what type of, you know, organization you guys run. Like, you knew that was a possibility. So, like, that was part of the conversation, too. Like, when he said, you know, oh, you turn uh, black bile into silver dollars, and Logan's like, oh, and you just are, like, acknowledging that right now? Like, come on, bro. You've been working at this company for 20 years. You're going to try to tell me, like, you just now realizing this shit? Like, and that's what Logan hates about Kendall is like, just stop bullshitting me. You know, like, admit who you are to yourself and admit who you are to me. And then maybe you might get what you want. But, you know, he's he's, I guess, incapable of that because he wants to see himself as a good person. Yeah. Life isn't (laughs) knights on horseback. It's fight for a knife in the mud. Yep. Yeah. That's the world that Logan Roy know it. Logan Roy noise. Logan <laughs> yeah, Roy nailed it. knows. Nailed it. <laughs> it's a piece of num- it's a piece of paper on a number. Or right or a piece. the opposite. It's a, it's a number <laughs> on a piece of paper. I was trying to. I was trying uh, to. Pig Latin. Yeah. 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 Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Wow. Pig Latin. What a relic. Uh, yeah, my grandmother used to speak Pig Latin. <laughs> what? Yeah, my grandma used to speak pig Latin to me back in the day. Shit, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought that was like a. Very, I didn't know that that was like that generation. Uh, I thought it was like the next generation that was akin to pig Latin. Oh yeah, <laughs> pig <laughs> Latin know? comes in waves, guys. Yeah, like, uh, we need to do a deep away. dive on pig Latin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, when did it start? Machiavellian fucks pig Latin. The world is racing to get back to normal and start meeting up in person again. But after the year we've all had, getting back to feeling normal takes time. I don't know about you guys. I've been feeling overwhelmed, flustered, just avalanche, stuck under this avalanche of things I have to do and people I have to see and people I got to talk to, Zoom meetings and emails. Hell, even this ad that I'm recording right now, I forgot that I had to do it. I'm doing it from a computer that's not even mine. It's really tough to do all of this when you feel like you're trying to handle it all by yourself. You feel like that. If you're feeling overwhelmed by it all, guess what? You're not alone. It's important to find the support you need to face those feelings and move forward. We all talk to our friends when we're experiencing issues, but they don't always give us the advice we need. I mean, think about it. They can't really give us unbiased feedback because they're involved in many of our interactions and how we are. What you really need is advice from a licensed professional. It can be refreshing and rewarding. When you're a low point, when you're in a low point, you might feel alone. But over 50% of Americans struggle with their mental health. We all need help sometimes, and asking for support when you need it is actually a sign of strength. Here's the idea. Use Talkspace. It's great 
It's easy to use. It matches you with a licensed therapist and schedule live video sessions all from the comfort of your device. You can start messaging your therapist the same day you sign up. The app makes it easy to connect with the therapist that is licensed and on your schedule without having to wait weeks before your next appointment. You can go anywhere and take your therapist with you. Whether you're a parent, student, millennial, or just someone having a hard day, Talkspace can provide the support to help you feel better with a single message. Talkspace offers individual and couples therapy in addition to medication prescription services. Set goals with your therapist, and they can help make sure you're really progressing. Talkspace therapists help you develop the tools to cope in difficult times. It works around your schedule at your convenience. Send and receive unlimited message with send and receive unlimited messages with your dedicated therapist in the app. Schedule live video sessions with your licensed therapist from anywhere. Whether you're experiencing depression, anxiety, or other problems, Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform to help you sort through any issue. We've got thousands of licensed therapists available for you to match with, and they're experts in dozens of specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more to help you start feeling better. Start feeling better with a single message. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code BOMB. That's $100 off when you use the code BOM at Talkspace.com. Let's talk about our favorite scene real quick. Uh, I'll let you guys go if you have one on the top of your head. I mean, um, it's Logan and Kendall at the at the table. Yeah. This was a whole episode well, of amazing one-on-one scenes. Though. Yeah, it was tete-a-tetes. I mean, and I mentioned the Shiv and Jerry confrontation, which I thought was so clever. But the just the the storytelling device of fucking Logan making uh, a Kendall son try the mozzarella before he does. <laughs> yep. before he eats it, uh, you know, like in front of Kendall's face. Like, it is just like the most ruthless thing, you know, you could possibly do. It's like, he's just putting, he's just, you know, like if there was something there, he'd put this child in danger um, and he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, Uh, just the the bubbly, sugary tone of his voice when he's like, hey, Iverson, come on over here. When he like brings gifts for them and shit, like it's just so... It's so funny. Do you like mozzarella? Uh, no. Yeah. Have some. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a power move. Yeah. Such a power move. It's such yeah. a power move to make someone eat something that they don't want to. I mean, that's yeah. like the Trump with Chris Christie thing, you know, like yeah. uh, make some, make some, you know, makes order for someone, make them eat it, even if they don't want it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, no, that little moment was just fucking brutal. Uh, Mace? No, that was mine. No, that was yours yeah. too. Uh, mine was. Um, Matson and and Roman, uh, you know, just from him pulling up and him swatting his hand away, like every moment in that scene, and then you know them walking up, you know, and him asking uh, Roman, you know, what his what was he the worst at, and yeah. Roman just well, like it's, the, it's very similar <laughs> to the question that Mankin asked him, right? Tell me who you hate and I'll tell you who you are. Yeah, exactly. He's going on these dates with dudes who are just asking <laughs> yeah. him really thought provoking. Yeah. yeah, No, it's like, but that's what makes the scene so good. It's like Roman finds these like homoerotic connections with guys and they're totally both into it, you know, and, and they play the game with each other bouncing back. And then, you know, then they have that part where they snap in the corporate speak. And Roman knows exactly what to say to keep the the volley going, you know, and that's what's really like putting him in the pole position is like these bros, these tech bros are really like falling for him. And, you know, like Madsen was just like, yeah, I, I'm a little bit Swedish. You know, I want to I want to get in the bed, but I want it to be even. And, you know, he basically changed the terms of the deal right there. Right. And it's basically saying, like, look, I did use that tweet to raise my stock price, which is very like, sometimes the show does like these little like, you know, pop culture things. Oh, it's like Elon Musk, whatever, you know? Um, yeah. The Elon comparisons were, <laughs> were strong, especially when Sandy daughter, Sandy referenced him microdosing and going on a tweeting binge, mm-hmm. which is what Azalea Banks accused well, Elon of yeah, doing. Right. Yeah. Well, also that he's just pretty clearly on the spectrum, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That he's just got like this very weird social 
affect to him. Um, and that, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because Alexander Skarsgård is like this centurion of a man, like one of the most beautiful men in the Tarzan. universe. And, and yeah, Tarzan. And he, uh, and he's playing this like kind of weird off putting, um, kind of menacing, uh, tech billionaire. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that, that the, the growth of their relationship in that scene was like, the just very entertaining and just great writing obviously the location was beautiful so i I really enjoyed that um that moment right there for for them i love that for them um one thing we haven't talked about because it's a kind of a throwaway thing but is 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 greg getting over uh comfrey He's got like that that millennial, uh, you know, paralyzed by choice. Like, oh, well, what if I upgrade? Can I upgrade now (laughs) that I've like gotten this? You know, Um, who who was it that gave him the idea of the dating ladder or whatever? Is that Tom in in the last episode? Yeah. And like that clearly got to his head. And now he's uh, thinking about a dating ladder. Yeah, that was actually one of my favorite lines of the episode that Tom gave. He said, the man dying of thirst is suddenly a mineral mineral water critic. Oh yeah. man, that was yeah, that was my line of the episode as well. Oh, was it? Oh, Just because he keeps going. <laughs> Does Comfrey not sate your lust for wisdom, Greg? Yeah. It's such a shame. Sontag's not still alive. You <laughs> yeah, can take that's her a to good the one. Drive through. Through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's such a good one. The other good one is when Shiv goes to Roman. What, like, no one in Raya would go with you to Italy to sit on your ricotta dick, <laughs> which is a great <laughs> little foreshadowing uh, at yeah. the beginning of the episode. Uh, yeah. So ones. is Roman dating the Contessa or is he just like all no, we got the other, two scenes? He's dating this other girl that you don't well, see. She didn't he's come. dating Tabitha, who yeah. used to be yeah. on the show and hasn't come back. Yeah. But he's had got two moments where he like approaches the Contessa and like tells Greg to back off. Yeah, so I think I think he's just like mid holler. Like Roman yeah. obviously isn't fucking her, but I think he just wants to keep keep her at this is a two-part episode so i think we will probably get a little bit more contessa greg roman comfrey love square action in the finale um a couple of my favorite lines so another part we didn't really talk about was the whole setting the wedding right (laughs) with like caroline and peter munion and their whole like thing and him trying to get logan to do whatever he wants and them kicking kendall out which I don't know why Kendall even really cares that much. Do you really want to fucking be there, bro? Like, come on. So um, it's just another well, yeah. thing, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just like it's one just more dad one. winning yeah. over and over yeah. and over again. It's yeah. like with his mom, you know. Like even his mom bows to to Logan, you know. Right. Uh, even yeah, mom's th- fucking husband. husband. Yeah, bows yeah. To Logan, I think it's you know. Like, I think it's more more so to that. Like the husband, he would rather him like show him some respect or show him some love but kendall hasn't made anything of himself in the world to be known i think that's part of his depression but um yeah his mom says uh to roman because roman's the only one pressed about the prenup and the money and all that shit and she goes well but he's not pressed he's not really pressed about that i mean that's like that's not it's that's that's the the, the subtext is that just that he that he wants to fuck his mom you know right, like, right, and right, he doesn't right, like right. that she's getting yeah. married yeah, yeah so he's yeah. finding any way to get to to drive a wedge yeah yeah no for sure and that's illustrated perfectly in uh when he's talking to her and then as soon as she leaves he goes looks at jerry and sees what she's doing but uh he he's talking to her and he goes, uh, take it easy, mother. That's my stepfather you're talking about. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and then she says, what do you expect me to survive on macaroni and memorial services? Yeah. I thought that was a funny line. And then Shiv yeah. comes over and then they have a little back and forth. And she goes, poor Eleanor Rigby wants to eat dick and drink champagne for the rest of her life. Yep. Instead. Eleanor Rigby, Scary <laughs> Poppins. Yeah. yeah. Scary Poppins is on maneuvers. Um, so yeah, that, those are some of my favorite lines. And then, uh, I Caroline's to, great, dude. Yeah, she's, she's great. Yeah. Comes in once a year and just rips everybody up. Slays. <laughs> slays. Um, there was two, like, I won't say alliterative, alliterative lines, but, um, when Shiv says we could become the Pan American Waystar blockbuster video dial up corporation. Uh, I love that. And then when Roman in the meeting, um, he's talking to Jerry and his, uh, and his dad, he says, uh, you guys have your hands on the tiller. Uh, 
he's got movies, TV, music, games, sports, esports, VR, AR, betting, fucking everything for everyone. And uh, Matson knows how to get there. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. I like I like those, you know, just to see them like rattle all that stuff off and kind of go off um, is entertaining to me. Yeah. No, uh, we'll see what happens, man. This was uh, this was a doozy. This was like. Did Jesse Armstrong write this one, you know, like himself? I think he may have, uh, because it was like, you know, just the, the, the two, we didn't really, we didn't really get that deep into it, but the conversation between Shiv and her mother was like, absolutely just so well done. That was the other one for me. Like so heartbreaking, um, and, uh, and, and difficult and just, uh, just incredible really like i thought it was you know the the whole onion thing and you know when she finally says like i should have had dogs you know mm-hmm. um like it's uh it, it was brutal yeah that was tough yeah and uh even when she told uh shiv um what did she say about logan your your dad uh wants to kick everything he loves just to see if it comes back too true yeah it's all he <laughs> yeah. does yep uh kicks yeah. all his children left and right four right. and four and shout out to logan um for pulling up with carrie and Marsha to the wedding <laughs> yeah um what did she say the the skunk and the uh the, pun- <laughs> the skunk <laughs> the concubine the, the porcupine. porcupine yeah mm-hmm. that was that was pretty good i like that yeah, Roman has like a funny. Uh, what does he say to Matson? He's like, uh, he says something like, uh, like, what are you tripping or something? You know, like, put down the venti ayahuasca, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that was good. Um, so, what do we think? You know, we got the finale coming up. The show's almost done, fellas. Like, you know, we've we've seen it all. We've seen. Yeah, dude, it's it's the the Gojo deal. You know, is that going to happen or not? Um, that's the big kind of a plot, it seems. And then is Kendall fucking dead? You know, <laughs> yeah. is he fucking dead? Is he yeah. off the show? Right. Um, what do you guys think? Could go ahead that? and not put him in the first twenty minutes just to fuck with everybody. If totally. They really want to do that and go down that road. Totally. The Gojo totally. deal, I think, is quite interesting to me because obviously it could still fall apart which they keep saying this is the last thing there's nothing after this we might be fucked if this doesn't happen which of course could be bullshit or change overnight or whatever but i think scarsgard is like here now yeah i think he's in the cast unlike adrian brody or something like that he's at least on a Holly Hunter type arc because what Logan is agreeing to from Robin's pitch is a power struggle. Yeah. To see who can wrest control of the new merged company. And Logan is not afraid unless he's nuts, which he kind of is like Roman is kind of downplaying that part. Cause Logan has Logan even talked to this dude yet. No, never, never. So, that's what he he says some line right. He's like, I, I'm not scared of anyone in like a straight up boxing fight, but like if this Unless guy's it's a fucking a clown, <laughs> but if it's a clown, yeah, exactly. yeah, that was a great line that he gave right there. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know how to punch a clown or clown. something. Yeah. yeah, he said, I don't know how to knock out a clown. He said, I can I can deal with the boxer. I forgot the exact phrasing, but yeah. So I I see I see Skarsgård, Matson possibly resting control. I see him possibly flipping the tables on them. I see them merging and then him there being a power struggle going forward, but I don't think he's done. I think he will be back and be pretty important next year. Yeah. And he's great. So I'm all for it. Does Jerry get fired? Jerry's going to survive. Your girl, yeah. Jerry's going to, she's going to lawyer her way through this one. I have faith in her. Yeah. She already <laughs> hit, hit Shiv with the, I don't recall. Right. Yeah. She was quick on her feet there. Yeah, she was. Sharp. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I don't, Shiv is, I love Shiv, you know, I'm a Shiv Roy apologist, but man, she really blew her load right there with Jerry. And it seemed like she was trying to make a move, but Jerry just parried everything that she had. And so, you know, I, Shiv, I mean, what can she do at this point? I guess if Kendall finds his balls, maybe they can pair up, but we'll see if he's still living, uh, 
next week. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think the Gojo deal falls apart like all the other deals have fallen apart. I think they'll draw it out longer, kind of the same way they did with the proxy battle. But I like, are we gonna be watching a show about Gojo Royco? Like it seems a little weird. I don't know. I feel like it's it'll be drawn out to midway next season and then something will happen and Madsen and Logan will have it out or some shit. I don't know. It just seems like this show is kind of built on the idea that this company will do a deal with another company and those deals have has any of them happened other than Walter? Well, they bought Walter, yeah. That's yeah, it. but and other than that, it. yeah, every other deal. It was I really mean, just Pierce and that was didn't seem like it made sense really yeah, the entire yeah. time. So, yeah, that I, I don't see it going through. Um, I do like Skarsgård as Madsen. Um, and, yeah, obviously everybody's waited with bated breath to see if uh, our number one boy will still be ticking once the, the uh, theme song kicks on. You should make like a bet or something about that. Like, there, What are the odds on Kendall being alive oh, right wait, now? Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we should. Um, Throw it down. Yeah, uh, I'm sure some, so, some some betting website has it. Right. So who won the week, guys? Before we wrap it up, who won this week? Madsen. Madsen. Yeah. No, that's that's yeah. a pretty good one because did leverage up just a little Snapchat filter and a couple tweets. A couple <laughs> yeah. tweets. Controller. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Eggplant, baby. Yeah. I think, yeah. I, I think the seat sniffer won. Peter Munyon. <laughs> I mean, he's, he got his dream wedding. Number yeah, he, number four. He got his dream wedding. He's he's uh, no prenup, you know, because it's unromantic. Uh, he got to chop it with Logan, who's going to make him sir. <laughs> Sneak sniffer of uh, pantyhose. <laughs> and um, yeah, he's just he's living life carefree. You know, fuck that house in Pimlico. You know, um, nah, he and. I don't know. I think uh, as far as the kids, I mean, Roman would have won if yeah, he had Roman blew that. the lead. <laughs> no, Shiv, I mean, Shiv kind of came back from the dead. I mean, this is the first time that she's done anything, you know, any any sort of move that has that has kind of given her a will to power. Because she also kind of threw Roman under the bus. She could have protected Roman, and she didn't with Logan. Oh, she yeah. was like. She well, they're the two people in her way. She tattled like, on him. Yeah, yeah exactly. that was, was a very kid. Like I'm telling yeah. you, my brother thing. Like he's like, is it Roman being Roman? He's like, no. He's got this weird thing for Shiv. Everybody knows it, and it's weird. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and also in the first season, there are rumors that he jerked off his personal trainer. Which I'm going to bring <laughs> those back from the archives, yeah. just to mention right now. Yeah, yeah, she she got a window. She got some daylight, which is more than she's yeah, had which, in a while. Because she was she's been just fucking in the dumps all season. This is like yeah. her slight her slight uptake. You know, whereas everyone else is on a downward trajectory. Yeah. Well, we know that uh, Tom lost and so did fucking uh, Frank and Carl, because if the merger goes through, they'll be fighting for their lives. I felt bad for them at that moment. That was a funny scene. <laughs> yeah. On <I'm> Zoom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So, um, but I love Frank and Carl and Hugo, so we got to keep those guys around no matter what happens. Um, yeah. In the deal. Well, guys. Yep. This is uh this is almost it. Almost it. One baby. more. One, One more. Time. Is Kendall Roy dead? Find out. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what's your guys' succession? Extravaganza. Uh, which is so what's your guy's pick? He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. Gun to my head, he's alive. Gun to your head, he's alive. All right. I'm gonna Gun say to he's my alive. head, he's alive. I'm gonna say he's alive too. That means he's dead. Yeah, we all three go. of us. All said three, yeah. yeah, we don't know anything. So if <laughs> mm-hmm. all three of us agree that it's then he's dead. Wake up, sheeple! That's the penultimate episode of Machiavellian Fucks for this season. Next Sunday, we'll find out if Kendall Roy is actually dead. Fernando Vila, Jason Madison, Anthony Mays. See you next week.
our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.